to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Welcome back. Maybe it's welcome for the first time. You know, we've got new listeners every week, but either way, I'm glad to have you all here with me on the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we strive to advance the ideas of liberty. Now, fans of the show may remember a couple months ago... During our Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor episode, that's episode 36, had a good time having a few friends, a few fellow Lions of Liberty in here, discussing the ideas of liberty over a few adult beverages. Well, that was fun. And in that episode, I briefly mentioned an alternative to the Affordable Care Act, an alternative to Obamacare called Health Sharing Ministries, and one in particular that I've become a member of is called Liberty Health Share. Now, many people do not know about these. My fellow Lions of Liberty did not even know about this till I brought it up, and they're really interested in hearing more about it, and I've gotten questions from other people about this, so I really want to dedicate a whole show to this concept and to ways that people can find legal alternatives to meeting the ACA mandate, but not going through the standard sort of insurance that's being pushed upon us. I call it this crony capitalist insurance, corporatist insurance. It's not even really insurance. It's more of just a gift to these corporations and allowing them to control our healthcare. So I think it's very important that we examine ways we can get out of this. So I wanted to spend a show talking about this concept and I've got an expert on the subject here with me. He has 18 years of experience in the insurance and financial planning industries. He's currently a sales director with Empower America, which aims to empower people to take control of their own health care. Jeff Cantor, welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Fantastic, Mark. Awesome to be here. Well, Jeff, it's awesome to have you on as well. Now, I usually like to get to know my guests a little bit more before really diving into the meat of things. So why don't you just give us a quick little background about yourself and you know, tell us you know, how your career led you to this current place where you're at now, trying to help people take charge of their own health care. Well, I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. And of course, whenever you're doing that type of stuff, some businesses succeed and others fail and some come and go. And and so I found myself faced with that, too. And about 18 years ago, somebody under suggestion said, you know, you all should be involved in helping people with their money. I mean, everybody goes to work for one reason, and that's to make money. And one of the things that was a hot topic at the time was health insurance, so I got involved with it at that point and was able to help a lot of people. But I soon became disillusioned within about three or four years of doing it. I began to realize it was really a disaster, a nightmare. So I just put it on my back burner and concentrated more on wealth development, and just sold health insurance to people as it came along that they needed it, you know, just to do them a favor. But then in the last year, this health sharing thing hit the scene, and I was a little embarrassed because the, most of these companies are in excess of 30 years old, and here I've been in the business 18 years, and I didn't even know about this until fall of last year. So, you know, this goes to show how much you do and don't know when you're in, even when you're in that industry. But once I found out about it, I, I dropped my Blue Cross Blue Shield as fast as a hot potato because it didn't even compare to what this thing represented, both in cost savings as well as me being in charge. And so that's kind of led me where we are today and me talking to you. 
Well, great, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I kind of did the same thing you did when I found out about health sharing. I did some Googling, I did some research, I heard that there was this other thing out there that you could get in, in lieu of Ob- the Obamacare-mandated insurance, and I a quick Google search led me to Liberty Health Share, which you also work with, and obviously the marketing for, for a libertarian guy like me, that's the one that I was I was first drawn to. It, it also seemed the one that was most in line with my belief system, so it, it, it's the one I hopped onto. So now, a lot of people aren't going to be familiar with this term health sharing that you mentioned there, so why why don't we first just start with the overall concept of health sharing ministries? How do they work? What are they? How are they different from the standard kind of health insurance that m- most people have? Yeah, everybody does seem confused, and they really don't ever have heard of them typically, and they've been historically operating kind of in private. Ideally, they were all initially started out as Christian health sharing ministries, so they really revolved around a specific church or some of them morphed into ones where they actually managed, you know, multiple churches around the country as far as having health coverage for the people that were, uh, con- you know, parishioners there. And it was just kind of quietly uh, operating in the background and in the shadows. And um, when this Affordable Care came along, this one particular company, Liberty, opted to become more high-profile, break from their tradition, and become a non-denominational operation, not only tied or promoted through the churches themselves, but to be actually promoted to the general public. And it's, it's similar-ish. Most of you are familiar with banks, obviously. Most everybody uses a commercial bank of some sort, like Chase or somebody like that. And they're a for-profit operation where they charge, you know, some excess dollars, and then they share that with their shareholders and it pays for ad budgets. And, you know, they got a lot of overhead and buildings and look how many branches a bank has. So, you know, they need to take a lot of money to operate that. Well, concurrently, there are a similar type of an operation like a bank that's called a credit union. And that is far different because to the consumer, you know, you get checking or a loan and everything feels and seems the same, but the difference is it's a nonprofit owned and operated for the benefit of its members. So the members dictate what the organization does as opposed to an insurance product where they dictate to you how it's going to be. So this gives a lot more control and flexibility, which totally appealed to my libertarian sensibilities because that was always my hold my nose and sell insurance to somebody because I couldn't stand the product, but what else was there as an alternative? So, you know, I just was obligated to, to sell it, so to speak. Yeah, that was one of the things that struck me uh, not long after I signed up for Liberty Health Share. I got an email saying, okay, well, we're going to have a vote here and everyone's going to decide what the uh, the limit should be before you get coverage from your fellow members. And I was just blown away by that right off the bat because, you know, that's complete opposite of what we're so used to dealing with these major insurance companies. We're just being sort of dictated to and then you toss in the latest Obamacare mandates and you're really being dictated to because they're telling the major insurance and companies what they have to provide to you and what you have to pay for those services. So it's really just a completely different mindset and a completely different attitude, which really, really, you know, drew me to this health sharing thing in general. Now, a lot of people are going to be concerned here. They say, you know, health sharing, it's, it's not technically insurance. So does this cover the, you know, the Obamacare mandate? How is it legally di- differentiated from insurance? Well, it definitely has some greater advantages because one of the byproducts of what you described with the Affordable Care Act dictating to the companies what they cover was that they had to deal with those requirements, which meant they had to make modifications. And in many instances, they were trimming coverage, cutting back on available doctors, you know, cutting out any doctors that were expensive. You know, they wanted all the low-end doctors in their network. So, you know, they kind of created kind of a, a poor man's place to go to, buy, to get your health coverage once you bought the thing. With this, because it doesn't have any network, you're literally allowed to go to any doctor or any hospital in the whole United States. You make that decision, and it can be 
over the county line, over the state line. It doesn't matter. There's zero restrictions. So right there, that's a dramatic difference. The ability to pay is quite good. An insurance product, if you buy that, it's a contract, but they don't necessarily pay everything all the time 100%. If anybody that's actually had health insurance has figured out when they go to the doctor or hospital, sometimes there's things that the company won't pay or only a percentage that they will pay, and then you have to pay more. And in truth, when you go to the doctor, you're required in most doctor's offices to sign a form that says that you personally are responsible for this bill. If the insurance does not pay, you will pay. So they know, even the doctor's office, that that's not a panacea and 100% fix. So the difference, though, with liberty is an obligation and a voluntary grouping. So it's not a contract or a guarantee to pay as much as it's a mutual obligation. So if I join, I'm you know, content to send in my monthly share amount, knowing that if something happens, everybody else is sending theirs in, too. And so it's almost like mutual assured destruction. You know, if I don't have it, then when I get a medical bill, I'm going to be up the creek. So... In 30-plus years, not one single health-sharing organization in the entire United States has not paid a claim in full. So the judge of the, of the future is always predicated on the past, and their track record makes every insurance company on this country look completely embarrassed because plenty of them have a ton of denials, and these guys have not had one thing denied that was considered a covered event. What about the cost of this kind of health sharing as opposed to the you know standard health insurance? You know, how does this monthly cost compare? You know, if people decide they want to possibly opt out of their current insurance, what kind of I guess financial savings can they expect to see? Well, I'll tell you one thing right off the bat that was so spectacular to me was that they actually had a price list. You don't say. What a concept. And in 18 years of being in this business, there's no such thing. You know, it's like, no, no, what county do you live in? How old are you? You know, that type of thing. And then I can run you a quote. So I could run five people in a row and no two would have the same price. So everything was a million variables. Well, this, the way this works is there's one set price for the whole country. It doesn't matter what state you live in, what county you live in, the price is the same. But let's take that one further step where it gets even more exciting just to play into what you were asking about. In a health insurance plan, every year you're one year older, forgetting any normal increases they may have in general. Just by virtue of the fact that you're one year older, they raise the premium cost of your health insurance plan. So if you're 30 years old for plan A and, and the other person is 60 years old for plan A, you're not saying they're paying the same price both of you. You're paying very little at 30 and a real lot at 60. Well, with health sharing, it's the same price if you're 30 years old or if you're 62 years old. It's the same exact price. So as an individual or as a small business owner, because this is geared for businesses of 50 and below at this point, if you're a small business owner, you need to have price stability in your overhead. You know, your gas bill can't go up that much from year to year or whatever. Well, the one thing that is going up continually on a fast pace is health insurance costs. So a lot of places either don't offer it, can't afford it, drop it, settle for something horrible because it's all they can do with a deductible as big as a phone number. So by having a program that's stable year over year and is low cost to begin with, because typically we're about a half or maybe even a third of what a health insurance premium would be, you can thrive as a family and I'm able to help a person develop their wealth because suddenly we've got some money to play with instead of finding all of it squandered and eaten up by ever escalating health insurance costs. How exactly is the monthly share amount that everyone is going to pay into calculated, 
Because, I mean, I, I know when I had the standard insurance back when I had Blue Cross for years and years, it seemed like every year I would get a letter, oh, here it is again, here's my 10, 15% increase. I'm a pretty healthy guy, I keep myself healthy. I never used this insurance, but at the same time, I just never wanted to be without insurance because, you know, and God forbid something did happen to me, I did break my arm, I did get cancer, I, I needed to be covered. But, you know, so how do you guys actually determine what potential medical costs they're going to be and how do you, you know, sort of calculate that into a single monthly fee for everybody? Perfect. The reality is kind of what you are describing. A lot of the people I've worked with through the years, if they're under 60 years old, their chance of going to the doctor beyond a physical and having any real hospital stays or anything is incredibly remote. So they're doing what you said. They just want to pay to make sure it's there just in case, but in the short term, they're spending a fortune on this thing, and they never, ever utilize it, and, and those dollars are truly wasted. I mean, I just told everybody it's the equivalent of walking to the window and hurling the money on, watching it blow away in the yard. That's what you're kind of doing with the money you worked so hard to get. So the difference, too, with an insurance company, because, one, they've got a lot of overhead. They've got ad budgets and a lot of staff and fancy buildings and all the rest of that, so they, they have to pay for all of that as part of what they do. And then they use actuarial tables where they basically speculate, you know, based on this demographic and if we get this many people and we end up with this many claims and then they try to project where they're going to need to be and then they create a premium around that projection, typically on the high side because, you know, they want to make sure they've built a fudge factor in there and if they have leftover money, then it goes to the corporation. It's not refunded to the people because, you know, we didn't need it kind of a thing. But the health sharing is far different because it's a co-op and they are non-profit, so they can't have a profit. They operate on, you know, low-end location. You know, they're just a typical strip center. Instead of some fancy office building, they just have administrative staff. They don't have lavish ad budgets or any of the rest of that because, again, they're non-profit. So all that that would normally be built into your premium is stripped away. So just on default, it's cheaper just on that front alone. But then the next part of the component is that they actually work off of hard numbers, not projections or actuarial tables. So they know that last year we had X amount of members and X amount of claims and we paid out X amount of dollars and then from the year before that and they have a historical way to track it and then all of them maintain kind of a little excess capital fund because, you know, you're going to have a good month where you have all the people are paying and no one has any claims coming in that particular month but then another month you might have more claims coming in and then you got money coming in. So they have a way to regulate and moderate that cash flow over time but the money gets refunded back to you at the end of the year in the way of having these low monthly uh, share amounts, as they call them. Instead of premium, they call it a share amount, but it's lower as a consequence. And again, the members all vote, like you said. So if you thought of something new or different or an additional thing we want covered, you can propose that. It'll go before the board and be put out for a vote to the whole membership base. So we're able to alter and move this product wherever we need it to go based on current reality because some new treatment will come along or whatever, and we don't have to wait for some insurance company to decide that, to pro-offer that to us, which, of course, they probably wouldn't for a long time. They'd, they'd wait and wait and wait years and years to see if it's worthwhile or not before they even allow it to be part of their program. So we do, and to kind of get back to your original part of the question as far as the mandates go, this does not, and because it came from a Christian background, it doesn't cover anything that's not medically necessary or considered an accident. So if you want to get breast augmentation or LASIK eye surgery, unless it's, you know, part of a doctor's prescription, but if it's just something you want to do just because you want to do it, then they'll be able to help you find a place to do it at an extremely low cost, lower than you'd find under your own power, but they're not going to pay for it, and nor would it apply towards your annual unshared amount or what would be the equivalent of a deductible. So 
if you have a heart attack, you have a broken leg, a car accident, or any number of other things that occur, I got sick, all of that's covered because those are unexpected emergencies and accidents. And definitely in most instances, you know, they could rise to the level where they're not affordable. So that's the whole reason of insurance is that, you know, I could pay for an oil change, but I can't pay for the whole front end of my car to be repaired. So we're looking for you to pay the nickel and dime stuff, and, and we're here to step in and pay the big stuff. And that's really what the concept of insurance is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be something that you use for every single thing. You know, if you have the sniffles or if you twist your ankle, you're not supposed to go to insurance for that. You're supposed to go to the doctor and get it fixed. But, you know, the problem now is that the, the laws and the government has changed this concept of insurance in so many ways through various regulations that now it's it's crazy. I mean, it, we all think that we have to have insurance. It's all attached to our works. And, well, now we do actually have to have insurance legally thanks to the ACA. You know, you mentioned the cost there, and it's, it's really interesting that you guys can help even procedures that aren't going to be covered because they're not medically necessary. You guys can still actually help people go and look around and try to lower their actual cost for any other procedures they might want to get or might need. You guys actually do that because, you know, I know the, the big insurance companies, they have all these sort of deals. And you obviously, in, in your experience in the industry, you'll know more about this than I do. But I know the insurance companies are able to kind of get the prices knocked down through deals with doctors and hospitals and that kind of thing. But you guys are operating out of that system. How do you guys help to lower costs for your members? It's kind of funny that you describe it like you did because I used to believe that propaganda my own self. And she had a pretty rude awakening as we've been involved with this in the last year. Uh, one of my partners in the operation has Aetna Health Insurance, which is a very broad-based national health insurer. And his wife was potentially going to need to have to get a hip replacement, so of course they wanted to do an MRI. And he lives in Florida near Boca, so they suggested he go to Boca General Hospital, and then of course Aetna would pay for the whole thing. But being more of a self-pay mentality as we've been working this, Rather than just say, oh, okay, let's just go over there and get that MRI. No, no, no. Let's call that hospital and find out what they're going to charge for that because I got a $5,000 deductible, and if it's a high cost, I'm going to end up paying the whole thing. Well, sure enough, the, the, the MRI was over $2,000, but through Aetna's network, it was reduced to $1,340, which the person would have to pay 100% of because their deductible was $5,000. Well, by using one of our tools, we were able to find a location that was closer to the person's residence and was willing to do the whole thing for $400. So even with that insurance and its discount wasn't even realistic because no one ever price shopped or checked any of that stuff. They just took it as the gospel when they, and they're like, oh, wow, it would have been 2000 whatever. Look, it's only 1300 and they're feeling like they got a deal. Well, the way I totally think about that, have you ever stayed at a hotel and when you check and you close the door and you see that little price sheet on the back of the door? Yeah. And you're like at Motel 6 and you're spending 50 bucks a night, but on the door it says it's 180 a night for this room. And you've got all these savings now because you're only getting it for 50. <laughs> yeah, and partially why they're the same, the same mentality is what health insurance do. They publish prices with the departments of insurance that are what the hotel industry, that number on the back of the door is called the rack rate. That's the quoted rate that all the discounts are based off of. So if I give you 50% off an unbelievably inflated price, did you get a discount anyway? It's a scam in some respects, the way it's structured like that. So what this organization does is a couple things. One, they have a much steeper discounting capability because they'll reimburse and there are no published prices for doctors at this point, although that is changing as a part of what we're doing. There's more and more doctors starting to log in what their costs are going to be, and you see a lot of that in the next couple of years. 
But Medicare does have published prices. They say what they'll pay for an MRI and all that kind of stuff. So we're able to base our reimbursement rate to the doctor off of Medicare's base rates, and we reimburse it from between 150% of Medicare up to 175% of Medicare, which in both instances is higher than a health insurance company reimburses the doctor. So they love to see someone without a product coming in because they know they're going to get paid quickly and they're going to get a large measure of the money that they deserve, not that they're being weaseled out of because the government's just, you know, pushing them and pushing them down until they can't, you know, make enough money in their practice anymore. So it's a big, big difference from that standpoint. And then I was kind of alluding to before, the price that we've had has not changed in five years. And in fact, for the current year, 2014, all the prices were lowered $50 per month across the board. So in the face of all these insurance companies claiming how these increases are occurring, how can this very same operation be delivering the same doctor and hospital to you at a lower price and not have to raise their price from year to year? So oftentimes the question or the statement is is the wrong one because they'll say, well, wow, that sounds too good to be true, when they really should say is, how long have those other people been ripping me off? (laughs) Because all of these health sharing companies' pricing is extremely similar-ish, and they're competitors, but their prices are similar, and they've all had the same pricing for 30 years. Well, obviously, somebody can make this happen in a methodology that the other guys have seemed to have abandoned deliberately, and I would say deliberately, because look at how much more money and how more lucrative it is for them to foist all this heavy cost insurance on you, where it's now reached the point where it's so unaffordable, who would affect it's called the Affordable Care Act, which of course the libertarians know that means the opposite, um, <laughs> is the fact that only poor people can afford it because they can get a subsidy. So it's reached a level where the, gov- the insurance company said, look, our prices are so out of whack now, no one can even buy our product, so we need you to pay for it on their behalf as the government. And that's exactly what the inception of the Affordable Care Act was. So instead of trying to figure out how to get to the root of our problems here, they just wanted to keep up in the ante. You know, it's like they, there's never a tax increase that goes away or any agency that's trimmed or terminated. We just need to raise more money because we've got more people to take care of and feed and or we need a new agency. And, you know, it just ever continually grows. And, and if you remember back in 1960 and before, so it's not that far back, there was only catastrophic insurance. You paid for the doctor and they usually went to your house and then you paid for the hospital and sometimes it was a little bit pricey, so they had little payment plans with, like, little or no interest. And that was it. And if it was a big, 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 big problem, then you carried very cheap, catastrophic insurance that would pay for the unbelievably big, giant, once-in-a-lifetime expense you may have. And uh, everyone lost sight of that, like anything. You know, we forgot about it. I live in Ohio, and we've only had a personal income tax in the state since 1973, and I always talk to people that are younger or maybe don't even recall that far back about what was it like in the state where there was no income tax? And like, what are you talking about? Because they forgot. And they got used to, as bad as it is, this is how it is. So I'm going to move from one bad health insurance company to some other bad health insurance company because that's my way to fix my problem. I've, I've saved 20 bucks a month on my premium or something. But I'm now still perpetuating the problem, and I'm actually part of the problem. Because by going from one bureaucratic medicine operation to another bureaucratic medicine operation does not put me in control of my health destiny. I'm at the mercy of everybody else. 
Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the catastrophic insurance and how people are so used to what insurance has become that they they can't even remember back when people just had catastrophic insurance. And now when it, it's so hard to have a conversation with people about health insurance because it's hard to even sell them on the idea or teach them that, you know, insurance is really just supposed to be for catastrophes. It's supposed to be just for unforeseen events. But now it's almost like the definition of insurance has changed through all these government regulations to the point that people really do think it is something that's supposed to cover just your your checkup to the doctor or or any little thing that might happen or that might come up. So it's really interesting how that paradigm shift has changed so much that we almost have to try to shift the way people think about this altogether to get them to start seeing things in a different way and maybe doing more self-pay stuff, doing more health share ministries and that kind of thing. And, you know, talking about the cost there, I mean, I noticed I've always only had you know, catastrophic insurance except for a few times that I was employed with a company and had an HMO or, or a PPO, something more traditional. But, you know, since I've been a freelance for the past seven or eight years, I've purchased my own insurance and I've always purchased the lowest possible plan because, you know, like we said earlier, I generally keep myself healthy and I don't really feel the need to spend three, four hundred dollars a month just to have a, a quote unquote comprehensive insurance package. So I always had the catastrophic package. And when I first got it, I think it was maybe 60 bucks a month or something, 70 bucks a month. And every single year, it just went up and up, ticked up. And then when the ACA mandate kicked in last year, I got a letter in the mail and my insurance doubled. And not only did it double, but my deductible also skyrocketed. And it was high before already. It was already, I think, 4500 And then not only did my insurance double, but my deductible nearly doubled. My deductible went up to 7500 So now I'm supposed to pay twice as much every month while at the same time, I have to pay more out of pocket to even see those benefits that I'm essentially being forced to pay for. So that's what really, you know, shifted my mindset completely. I was already, you know, I've been libertarian for a while. I already was very skeptical of these programs in the first place, obviously, but that's when it really hit my pocketbook hard. And that's when I really did the, the search for these alternatives and, you know, and found out about health sharing ministries. So, you know, I'm curious, what type of person do you see that joins these health sharing ministries? I mean, I think uh, one of the other problems a lot of people have with socialized medicine, you know, justifiably, is that when you're all kind of forced into the same pool, you're forced to pay for essentially the bad habits of others or the risky habits of others. I mean, if someone is a heavy drug user, a heroin addict, and, you know, they have all sorts of medical issues, well, guess what? If you're lumped into that same pool with them, now I've got to pay for these other people's terrible decisions in life. So what kind of person is attracted to these sort of health sharing ministries? And how does that kind of help negate some of those problems that we see with a more socialized system? Well, that's a good question, and just to kind of backtrack for a minute, because, you know, when you first had health insurance, you know, and it was catastrophic, and you had to pay for stuff, and you really went to the doctor when it was a necessity, and maybe say, you know what, let's sleep on it, and if you still feel bad in the morning, we'll go to the doctor. But now, when the doctor became just a $20 copay or whatever, it was real quick and easy just to rush into the doctor for every little thing. But the doctor's says it's not 20 bucks. It might be 100 bucks. So every time you go in there and spend 20 the insurance company's obligated to spend 80 so your personal overutilization is driving the underlying costs higher and higher. So with the health sharing, it's similar to anybody that may be familiar with an HSA or a health savings account format of health insurance, where you have a pool of money and then you pay for a certain amount up front before the insurance kicks in. Well, any clients I had on that, this predates health sharing, but any clients I had on that suddenly weren't going to doctors much anymore because suddenly they had to pay. And they'd rather keep the money in their wallet than just spend it. When it's somebody else's money to spend, it's real easy to spend other people's money. So two things here. We don't cover 
abortion and we don't cover birth control and a lot of that stuff because of the Christian background. But by the same token, in the Affordable Care Act, which requires all that to be covered, it just drives the cost up. So if you're a 60-year-old male, you're paying for abortion and pediatric dentistry, and none of those apply to you. But you're obligated to pay for them because, like you said, I'm stuck in this pool under all these mandated regulations. So by default, the whole thing's more money just on the face of it. But as a consequence, there's kind of becoming two strand of people in the United States, and this not only applies to health, but just kind of in general. There's everyone that's pretty dead broke, which is the people that would get a big subsidy. Let's say they had a $700 a month premium. I actually had cases like this where the person has a $700 a month premium for an Aetna plan, but because their income is so low, they only have to pay $8 a month. So the rest of some Americans are paying 600 and some odd dollars for this person who's only paying $8 a month on a $700 a month plan. And you can be darn sure that they're using that plan a lot because it's free to them. And so they're going to use it a ton. For eight bucks a month, I'm going to the doctor every day. <laughs> exactly. I think I need another toenail clip. I'm going in. So, but on the other side of the coin is the person that has a lot of money. You know, the Donald Trumps of the world or the, you know, the people making big six figures. They may complain, but they can pay that $700 a month and, and be able to absorb it. Where the destruction is occurring is in the middle class because I had a guy in this exact situation where that fellow that only had to pay $8, he had a friend that told him to call me because I could help him out too. Well, yeah, this guy's friend actually made a living, and so his discount off that $700 plan was $40. So he was almost insulted that I was only going to give him a discount of 40 bucks. but I said, yeah, but the difference is your friend is broke and you make money. He goes, yeah, but, but I can't afford 700 and that was the truth because just because you're in that middle class doesn't mean something because we drew a line in the sand between who's broke and who has money, that that really is true. Because $700 a month is a lot of money. Even if you're making good money, you've got to buy groceries and gasoline's going up and so on. So a lot of those people in the middle are the ones that are slammed the worst, that are forced to do what you just described, take some absurd you know, plan with a $12,000 deductible. One person told me I'd have to have two heart attacks in one year to see a dime out of these people. Between my premium and my deductibles, I'll never get sick enough to get any money out of them. But yet I'm mandated to have this. I think it's just a charity situation to feed insurance companies money because no one's going to use this stuff. It's just, why don't we just send them money that's not even pretend we even have health insurance? How about we just do that? Because that's in many instances kind of what it is. So it's critical that the costs become realistic because for me, I'm always trying to help people on the wealth development. But if every time we turn around, their premiums are doubling or you know going up 20%. That takes away from all of the things we pre-planned that we were going to do to make steady investments to grow some capital for retirement years. And so when this thing came along and had low pricing to begin with, but most importantly, price stability, where it just stays flat from month to month. So let's take a look at what that sounds like, just to give you a flavor of that. In a plan, which is top-line plan, covers everything 100% after your first month you have to pay, for an individual is $229 a month, and the total out-of-pocket that you would have to spend before the company's paying everything after that is $500. I don't think I can find you a $500 deductible plan on any insurance company today. None. If you're two people, which could be two people at the same address, so they could be roommates, they could be same-sex couple, they could be just a married couple, whatever, any two people at the same address is $1,000 the most they have to spend and the premium on this or the sheer amount on this is only $329 a month. 
So that's really affordable because I had people where we were selling them as a couple, even with their subsidy, we couldn't get it down to $329. So this is really for the person who it makes some money. They don't have to be rich, but they got to have an income and they have to kind of fit in that middle zone. Um, and it's even good for people with a lot of money because I've sold a lot of people with a lot of money this too. But where it doesn't apply is twofold. The person who's really, really broke, you're the waiter at Denny's, you don't make any money, you need the subsidy. Or your health is very bad. Because unlike the Affordable Care Act, which also is why costs got driven so high, is they mandated you know, the pediatric dental and the abortions and all the rest of that was mandated, but they also mandated that they take anybody. So if I call up and say, hey, I got cancer, this, that, I got everything under the sun going on right now. Are you willing to take me? And we would say, no, we're not taking you. You're just be a total liability to everybody we got over here, so we can't take you. But Aetna or Blue Cross Blue Shield, hey, come on in because the government's paying, so welcome to the club. And they're willing to take on any and everybody. So to give you a flavor of what that means, it sounds like they maybe reject people. In 30 years, they've rejected less than 2% of the people that have applied. So you really have to have some seriously bad things going on to not be able to get this. And in those instances, then we'll put the person over an Affordable Care Act because that becomes their only option at that point. And even if it's pricey, it's that or nothing or a fine to be paid. So they're kind of stuck, unfortunately. And if you're a family, it's four seventy nine a month. And it doesn't matter if you've got one kid or 20 kids, it's four seventy nine a month. And the total out-of-pocket, $1,500, and that's it. Jeff, do you have any concerns that you know health sharing and companies that help people self-pay might come under attack from the government if they become more popular or more widely used and start to kind of undermine the Affordable Care Act insurance that's being mandated? Or is there any chance it might become the subject of some controversy due to, like, the religious exemptions? You know, we just had this Hobby Lobby thing where people were all upset that Hobby Lobby got an exemption from offering birth control on religious grounds. So do you foresee any possible sort of, I guess, political ramifications as more people become aware of health sharing and self-pay and that sort of thing? No, actually what we're finding is it looks like it's going to actually be transformative as far as changing and altering the way healthcare is delivered in this country, and we're going to see a big sea change of everybody moving in this direction. Because everybody's accustomed, and you were starting to mention this before, you know, that I got this job and I got this health coverage. And, you know, the libertarian mentality is pretty irksome because why am I getting health insurance at work? They don't give me a house, a car, food, nothing. They just give me money for showing up. And now suddenly, somehow, my insurance is tied to this job of mine, and I can't even quit working over here at Walmart, which I hate, but you know, I got my health coverage there, so I'm stuck working there. People don't like this boxed-in position that they've all found themselves in, and again, they haven't been able to figure out how to break out of it, but what we're seeing happen is twofold. The patients are revolting because of price and so on. That's just enough to make anybody move when you can't pay for something anymore. You've got to find a cheaper way to do it. And then the most exciting is the doctors are changing. And that's really the synergy that's going to change the whole world in that respect, at least as far as the United States is concerned. Because you can start to think about this your own self. And what I said before, if I'm that insurance company, I'm restricting my network. I want all the low-end doctors so I don't have to pay a lot of money out. What's the caliber of doctors I'm going to start to have on my staff? I have to imagine I'm going to be the low-end graduates of medical school, not the, the valedictorian of the class, because the valedictorian will be working at the Mayo Clinic or the Cleveland Clinic where they can command a high salary, and they're not going to be involved in bureaucratic medicine. They're going to be in, like, research or, you know, 
like when you see those cancer treatment centers, that's not covered by insurance a lot of the time. You have to just go there because you need it and you're going to die. So <laughs> cost me damn once that starts to happen. But the doctors have said, and I've had many a doctor tell me, you know, I used to be a doctor when it was fun. When I got to help people, but now I'm like a statistician. People come in and I just sit there and enter data in a computer terminal all day long. And I look at the person once in a minute and then, you know, and I got to see twice as many patients per day to keep my caseload up. And, you know, I'm going to be a doctor anymore. I'm like doing nothing. I'm just cursory, this, that, here's a quick script, get out, next, you know, kind of a thing. And the doctors that care are now becoming what are called concierge or boutique doctors where they're opening up private practices. You can pay a set amount per year, and that means you can go see the doctor any day you want if you just pay him an annual amount. And, and this is proliferating at an incredible clip, especially all over Florida. So the doctors are partially leading the way because they love the person coming in with something like this because this is a proactive person who's cost-conscious and also health-conscious. In other words, they're, they're not just trying to, oh, let me just run to the emergency room because I, you know, something happened, like a lot of people would do, because they don't care. This is for people that have a genuine concern. And, and to take it one step further, when I said that we have a 2% rejection rate at best, we actually have what's also called a provisional membership because none of the plans will take somebody that's a smoker. Now, a lot of people are smokers and would like to have this, and we will take them under a provisional membership, but the goal is that they will, will quit smoking within a set time window, which we dictate. So when they say, yeah, I, I've been trying to quit for years, and I just need someone to help me make that happen, and I just need all the tools and support groups and so on, and my insurance company never did anything for me, this does. We provide you know, dietitians and health coaches and automatically at no charge built in to help that person set up a time frame so that let's say it's three months, six months, a year, whatever the time window is based on their situation. At the conclusion of that time window, they will quit smoking, drop the 10 pounds they were supposed to do, whatever it was, and then they are now a full-fledged member and they're no longer considered provisional any longer. And now once they're in, Anything ever happens to you, I don't care how horrific or terrible or costly or god-awful type of a thing that could happen to you, you never can be dropped, your claim will never be rejected, and they will pay 100% of the claim, you know, based on whatever it is. So it's a real safe place to be. But just to take that one step further, because it lets you go anywhere, that means that you really have to become self-sufficient in a way you've never done before. Because when you had health insurance, they said, here's the list of doctors. If you go get a prescription, it costs 20 bucks. If you see a doctor, it's 30 bucks. And kind of everything was all spelled out for you, so you didn't have to think or shop or do. But with a plan where you're in control and you pay very little per month, one of the reasons why it's so little is they don't have any ancillary support. You're, you're totally on your own. So as a part of this package, it includes a patient advocate who will actually book the appointment for you, research the best place to get an MRI, find the lowest place, price to buy a prescription, and then book all of that for you. They'll book the doctor's appointment. They'll send a report on all the different MRI places. They'll do everything for you so that you can go about your business, which is being at work or whatever you do for a living, and not be tied down forever trying to get something resolved with a bunch of companies or sit on the Internet and Google a bunch of pediatricians for the whole day to figure out one to send your kid to. Somebody's going to do it all for you which is what we found is most people are too busy and they don't know what they're doing. So they want someone to help them and somebody who knows what they're doing. And so in that price, all of that's included, which with health insurance, you get nothing. You get a little restricted list and that's it. And again, you're on your own, but no one's going to book the appointments or do anything for you whatsoever.
So through empowering America through these plans you're offering, you're, you're sort of combining um, the, the health sharing ministries, which we've discussed with and filling in some of the gaps that people are used to through traditional insurance, where they're kind of given help with getting specific doctors and, and making appointments and that sort of thing. Is that pretty much what you're uh, what you're summing up there? Yes, I would agree. There's a good example. There's an operation called Teladoc, and they're very old. They've been around a very long time, and they allow you to call up. You have to be a join, and then you can call up and talk to a doctor on the phone 24-7. So if your kid's having something going on and you, know, you can't get to your normal physician, you can call this Teladoc place, and they'll diagnose your kid over the phone for you. They'll just say, go to the hospital, or you can wait till tomorrow, or whatever you know, they need, can determine. They're going to be able to help you, and they would normally charge you 30 bucks for that as opposed to going to go pay for a doctor's visit. Well, in our program, you have that availability 24-7 all year long, but at no charge. So where we were different is we brought a lot of the separate elements that all need to go together. It's like having a car with only one wheel. You've got to have all four wheels, and it just has something that can pay my large bills but doesn't help me manage my small bills or find the economical ways to make use of my product. You know, I'm going to maybe spend a lot more money to be less efficient, and I'm going to spend more time than I thought I would to do my homework. So in the world, most people like a coach, a mentor, and, and that's exactly what this represents. But it's somebody that's working specifically for you. Because if you call the insurance company, they're not working for you. They're working for the insurance company, and they'll do whatever they need to get you off the phone type of thing. But these guys are like an Angie's report as, as far as it goes, where they're going to do the homework and research all of the pros and cons of these three pediatricians. Here's why this one is so good, and here's where they're weak. And, here's, and then, then you can determine, either they can help you decide for you, or you can decide, but you're going to finally have quick, concise information without having to do a Google search where 1.5 million returns come up. How are you going to sift through that? So we're also partnered with the Mayo Clinic, so we've got a couple big programs with them. We also have Toolbox. You're able to do everything yourself as far as any of that goes. We also feature a do-it-yourself toolbox where you're able to do a lot of stuff yourself. If you don't want to take advantage of that helper, you can do everything your own self. Everything's built into that because, you know, some people, they just like to do it themselves. So, you know, great, more power to them. So we want to make sure that whatever your approach is to being an excellent self-pay patient, you're, you've got every tool in one place at a rate that you've never seen as low before ever. These plans do provide annual physicals. So as far as from a mandate perspective, they are very proactive, and that's included in, in costs at no charge to you as the consumer to have a physical. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. It's really refreshing to hear a completely different take on healthcare and how people can actually receive the services that they want in a, what sounds like a much easier and certainly a much more affordable method than going through these traditional methods that are being forced upon us through Obamacare, through the ACA, and further back through the creation of HMOs and PPOs and everything, that got all the inter government interventions that have led us to such a terrible healthcare crisis, which I think most people agree we have in many ways. So it's really good to hear this perspective. I'm sure my listeners will appreciate it as well. Before I let you go, why don't you just give everybody a summary of how they can you know, find out about these plans through empowering america find out more about liberty health share and you know get in touch with you if, if that's you know the best way for them to go absolutely um the way to find this product is you want to go to the following web address it's my my there's no w's or anything in front just my a h e so my and then a for apple h for henry and e for edward my a h e dot o r g 
And when you get there, you'll see there's a tab that says prices and benefits. And when you hover over that, you'll see there's a couple options there. And also all the stuff that I was describing here is all broken out and explained there in, in total. Also, they can certainly call me, because as soon as they have a discussion with anybody who wants to learn more, and they can call me at 440-283-6849. And that's a direct dial into my cell number. Well, Jeff, I think you're the first person to give out their cell number on my show. So it's, it's great that you are able to offer that kind of personal access for anyone that really wants to, you know, learn more about this or any information that they didn't get from the show. So Jeff, once again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Keep up the great work and it was great talking to you. Super. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys later and good luck everyone out there. Let's make things change. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Take care. Sure enough. Bye bye. Do you want your kids to meet the champion of the Constitution? What if there was an illustrated book that introduced libertarianism to you through the story of Ron Paul's amazing life? What if this biography breaks down complex concepts like Austrian economic theory, the dangers of the Federal Reserve, blowback, and non-interventionist foreign policy? What if I told you this book is real and available? What if I told you that school libraries accept donations? What if you donate a copy to your local school library and give hundreds of youth the opportunity to meet Ron Paul? What if you don't? Who will? The book is Meet Ron Paul, and you can get your copy today at lionsofliberty.com slash Paul. As Ron Paul has said, there can be no revolution without a revolution in education. Meet Ron Paul and keep the liberty movement moving. Hey guys, Mark Clare here, lionsofliberty.com, where we strive to advance the ideas of liberty daily. We bring you the Morning Roar! That's right, every Monday to Friday we'll have a brand new edition of the Morning Roar, where we provide a roundup of some news stories that you may not find in the mainstream media, or even in your typical social media news feed. We find stories that relate to the ideas of liberty and provide you with our liberty perspective on them. We wrap it all up every Friday with Felony Friday, where our own John Odermatt goes out and takes a look at some sort of felony. There's felonies committed every day, you know, whether it's a felony committed by the police, a politician, or even an average citizen. You can find all of this and so much more over at lionsofliberty.com, advancing the ideas of liberty daily. Chris Rossini's new book, Set Money Free. Set Money Free. What every American needs to know about the Federal Reserve. Set Money Free. With a special forward by Ron Paul. Set Money Free. It has easy to understand questions and answers. Set Buy Set Money Free on Amazon.com. Chris Rossini's Set Money Money free. Set money free. Set money free. This is Glenn Jacobs, and you're listening to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. All right, guys, welcome back, and I hope you enjoyed. My discussion with Jeff Cantor, a very knowledgeable guy, and a guy that can help you directly. He even gave out his phone number on the show. So, you know, if you want any more information about health sharing ministries or how you can kind of find alternatives to Affordable Care Act, to Obamacare, to the standard insurance, hey, hit up Jeff Cantor. He'll help you out. And, you know, we touched on some really important issues today with Jeff because ultimately health care is important to everyone. 
any of us can get injured. Any of us can get sick. Any of us can have unexpected hard times befall us. And the common solution to that has been, well, we need the government to take care of everyone and protect us from the evil corporations running our health care. But what people are missing here is that the government is actually working with these corporations. It's crony capitalism or corporatism where several major companies craft the laws in their favor And the ACA is only the latest example of this, which literally forces people into this system. But thankfully, there is a loophole, and health-sharing ministries are a great way for people to affordably and legally opt out of Obamacare. But, you know, ultimately, to fix healthcare, we need to change the way people think about not just insurance, but about corporatism, about crony capitalism, and furthermore, about the cartelization of the medical industry, which has led to skyrocketing prices and lack of access in the first place. We could even take it back to the AMA and medical licensing, the fact that you basically need to spend a ton of money to be legally allowed to provide just about any medical services to your fellow man in this country. I mean, there are some very root causes of this that don't often get addressed, but in the meantime, there are ways to get around it, and I think health-sharing ministries, at least for me, It's really a way I can participate in the system and be covered and not really feel that awful guilt I would feel paying money to these essentially fascist corporations every month that are basically just running the show and forcing people to give them charity, as Jeff kind of referenced there. It's essentially just a giveaway to these guys. So if you want to get out of the system but still have some coverage, still have a backup in case the worst does befall you, I do highly recommend checking out HealthShare Ministries, whether it's Liberty HealthShare or one of the many others out there. I encourage you to do your research and check it out and check it out as an alternative. Now, but ultimately to really change things, we're going to need to change the way people think about individual rights, change the way we think about our interactions with our fellow man. And we, of course, will continue to do so here each and every week, whether you find us on iTunes, whether you listen to us over at lionsofliberty.com, whether you hear us on Daily Paul Radio or Grassroots Revolution Radio, or whether you hear us over at the Liberty Radio Network, lrn.fm, Whichever way you choose, I hope you keep coming back, keep helping us advance the ideas of liberty, and until then, the only thing I'm going to ask is, of course, to just live long and live free. (laughs) 